Hi, everyone. Welcome to They Had Fun. I'm Rachel, and I am back with another amazing story about New York City. And guys, do you know what I love about New York City? And I know what you're thinking. You're like everything because you never shut up about it. But specifically, I was thinking this past Friday, I took off work a little bit early and I went into the city. I took four separate modes of public transportation. And do you know how great that is? Like, I know that sounds so dorky, but we are so lucky to have these. I took the subway into the city. Then I went and ran some errands. Then I walked to meet a friend. Then I jumped on a city bike to go to the east side and met my husband. Then I took the ferry to Brooklyn and then I hung out and got some food then I took the bus home and I was just thinking about it the next day and I was just like we're we're so lucky like this is so awesome we can use all of these and yes the ferry you have to pay additionally it doesn't come with your metro card and the city bike also requires some sort of membership or payment but the fact that we have all of these options it is just something I love so much about this city so if you haven't had an opportunity to ride the bus sometime recently one of my friends told me they've never taken the bus which is wild I love the bus get on a bus utilize all of these options for all of us and go out and have some fun so speaking of having some fun let's go ahead and get into our Rachel's Rex for the week. If you don't know, every week I bring you two Rachel's Rex. The first one is your request from Instagram. That's on Fridays. It's in our stories. I would love to hear from you. Go send us your New York City recommendation request. And then number two is always mine of something I've enjoyed recently. So let's get started. First up was your request for somewhere fun to have happy hour in Chelsea. I love this one. And I'm going to recommend Jungle Bird on 8th Avenue. This place is so great. Okay, they have a really sort of early starting happy hour. It's from 3 to seven Monday through Friday they have a cocktail they have wine they have everything but the best part is right at the front is they have those like floor-to-ceiling windows that they open up the wind is blowing in you can see all the people walking by on the street on 8th Avenue it is just such a lovely New York City experience so if you're looking for a great happy hour in Chelsea go check out Jungle Bird I think you're really going to like it okay next up is my recommendation and this is the new Cecily Brown show at the Met Death and the Maid Woo, this show is so good. You have to go see this. This is the first time she's had like a complete museum exhibition for her work in New York City. She is a New York City artist originally from London. The paintings are just monumental in scale, vivid colors. They kind of play with this idea between like youth and beauty and the eventual death that will catch all of us. I'm not doing a great job of describing this. People um, who are much smarter than me can do a better job, but I do love this beautiful artwork she has brought to New York City for all of us. And if you were here in New York during COVID, she has some paintings from this time period and they're sort of like a tonal shift you can feel happening. You know, they're not super sad or depressing, but there is a shift in the room as you move into that part. And I love those paintings just as much too. But I think if you were here during that time, you might notice that as well. And I think they might be really important to you. Either way, make sure you go check out the new show from Cecily Brown at the Met. I promise you, you are going to love it. These paintings just absolutely floored me. Okay, so those are two Rachel's wrecks. Hopefully you go out in Chelsea and get, you get a drink and hang out with some friends. Hopefully you go see a new art show at the Met. Either way, make sure you go out and have some fun in New York City. You know that is always our number one. That is what we want you to do. Let's get on to my guest today. Wow. All right, guys. 
You know him, you love him. He is what I am calling the unofficial historian of New York City. You might recognize him as Landmarks of New York on Instagram, where he brings us all of the knowledge of the history of New York that we need to remember and hear all of the time. He also happens to be a licensed New York City tour guide. What can he not do? Please welcome to the show, Tommy Silk. I don't know how I'm going to live up to that. <laughs> Thank you for having me. It's your resume. People always say that to you. I'm like, I'm just listing off all of your accolades and attributes. And it's the truth. This is you. This is you looking yourself in the mirror. You do it with such enthusiasm that I don't, <laughs> I can't muster. So I appreciate that. <laughs> no, it's very true. And I would love to just take a moment to pick your brain about this Landmarks of New York. The thing that I find so interesting watching all these is I'm just like, how does he know all of this? Like, I I know from personally talking to you that you have like a regular full time job and all of these things. And I'm just like, how do you put all of this together and know all of this history? So let's talk a bit about that. And then also we can just talk about maybe how you started the whole thing. Sure. Uh, Google is my friend. <laughs> so it's not it's not particularly unique. The secret's out. <laughs> but uh, I once heard an author say that specifically regarding history, you just have to marinate your head in it. And that's kind of all that I do. So whether it's reading books or listening to podcasts or just literally just sinking my teeth into anything I can get on New York City, you eventually remember little stories that you read snippets here and there and then you call back to them you're like wait a minute i think i heard that there's like a fake townhouse in brooklyn heights then you start doing the research and you find that stuff out so it's not not anything particularly exciting but i don't know i have a knack for for long-term memory not short-term but long-term i'm okay with I think you might be downplaying yourself just a little bit here because I also sink my teeth into all things New York City and um, I cannot make video clips about 17th century buildings surviving Manhattan. But what you're doing is incredible and I think it's very easy to be excited, myself included, about the now of New York, the new restaurants, the new everything. It's always fun. But it's also great to be reminded of this incredible history and past and these buildings that are still here and all of this. And I think that's what you you're really bringing to light on your Instagram. And thank you. Appreciate it. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I I got so frustrated almost in a way. It's a weird, I don't know if frustrated is the best word, but having visited Boston, Philadelphia, DC, I studied abroad in London and like these places that the history literally just reaches out and grabs you. Mm -hmm. So the fact that New York is older than Boston or Philadelphia and nobody really I don't want to say nobody, but people don't really pay too much attention to it. I don't think I knew that. Yeah. It, well, yeah. I mean, I, I almost took it. I, so I took that personally. And basically, <laughs> it was like, how can I go out there and sort of show people that there's this entire past that people don't really think too much about on a daily basis? And part of that is just there's not a lot left. Like you alluded to, I, I literally found every single I missed two buildings, I think. But I got I, I've, I have pictures of every single building built before 1800 in Manhattan. And there's maybe, maybe a dozen of them. Meanwhile, you go to Boston, like the North end is just, everything is from, yeah. you know, the 18th century. So it, it's a weird, like civic pride thing in the sense of just going out there and being like, no, we have history too. Don't let people fool you. And it's New York, right? <laughs> I found that living outside of New York, you will find like more diehard New York sports fans than inside of New York. It's there's 
Same thing with history. It's, there's just so much going on here that it's hard for people to just peel that away and be like, oh yeah, like that building is from 1764 that I walk past every day. I didn't think twice about it. But I've got to say, I love that you took this on as a civic duty. And it also sort of like <laughs> you're putting a nice word on it because it kind of just to me feels so innately New York to be like, hey, yo, don't don't forget that we got old shit too. Like we would <laughs> be like, I'm going to remind all of be, you. Before I started this page, I'm out to dinner with my wife and her uncle and her uncle lived out down somewhere in the outskirts of DC. And he he's always, he'll, he's the kind of person who's always trying to get a rise out of you. But he's like, oh, New York doesn't have history. You want to see history, you come to DC. I'm like, DC didn't show up until like 1800. And then we literally just got into a fight about that. And I'm like, you know what, I'll show you. And this came subsequently. <laughs> it wasn't directly in response to that, but that definitely put me on the path of like, I'm, I'm going to show him up. Screw you, Mike. Like you're you know. It's just so classic New York of like, oh no, okay, well I'm gonna make this super famous Instagram page to get right, <laughs> right back at you. To be fair, I do the exact same thing with anyone who will listen to me with like New York being relevant. I will um, fight with anyone about those topics. Or make a podcast dedicated specifically to just talking <laughs> as much about New York as you can. Don't you dare look me in the eye and tell me New York isn't fun anymore. Exactly. Because I'll get a slew of people to tell you uh, how much fun it is. <laughs> Considering all that and that I have put this podcast together for that exact reason, why don't we start with my first questions? Number one being always, when did you move to New York City? Fall of 2008. Okay. So it's been 14 years now. Came down to go to Fordham University. Literally stuck around ever since. <laughs> so you were a young kid when you showed up. You showed up for college. I have a late birthday. So I was I was 17 when I got here. <gasps> oh my gosh. What was that like for that time? I always wonder if I came when I was a bit younger, if I would have been the same. <laughs> like, if I don't know. I don't know if I could have, if I could have managed, maybe. So what was it like being here at that age? I mean, to be fair, I'm on a college campus that's pretty isolated and very sheltered. So you're not getting the full blown experience, I'd say. But I, I personally loved it. The fact that I was getting like this college classical like college campus experience, but I literally could walk four blocks and hop on the D train whenever I wanted to. But it's weird for me because that was always the goal. I grew up in Connecticut, southwestern Connecticut. So one of the commuter towns that come into New York. I had family who lived here. My aunt and uncle lived on the Upper East Side when I was little. So on weekends, my mom would just drive me down or we'd take the train in and we'd just spend the weekends there. And that was my favorite thing to do ever. We'd always go to the Macy's balloons blowing up the night before the parade. We'd come down and we'd stay at their apartment on 68th Street. We'd go over there. This was way before there were barricades. It, it's a zoo now, but you could literally just walk right up to the balloons. This is all before I'm in third grade or something like that. We had cousins on the Upper West Side and my grandparents had grown up in the city. So according to my parents, I said when I was three years old that I wanted to go to college in New York and I was going to take them with me. So I got like 50% of the way there. They didn't come. <laughs> but of course, living in Connecticut, a lot of people who live there are like, we want to come down here. So it was always this sort of magnetic pull down Metro North of getting me into the city. So actually being up there was fantastic. You have access to everything. I remember I had one of these core classes my freshman year, I think it was musical history. We had to do go to like a live performance or something like that. So I just was able to get like student tickets to the Metropolitan Opera for $5. And I'm sitting in the front row. I'm 17 years old i have a little like legal pad to take notes on it and there's just crusty old but must have been like an upper east cider was sitting next to me and she just looks down she has her like reading glasses at the tip of her nose reading her program and she kind of gives me a sideways glance she's like are you a critic I'm like no ma'am i'm a student <laughs> 
I am 18 years old. Yeah, I am. I am not <laughs> qualified to be here in any capacity, age range, socioeconomic status. Just no. I love this story of you coming here at a young age and going to the Thanksgiving Day Parade and seeing the balloons. I feel like it's such a classic New York story or something you see in a movie that you always want to do. And that being sort of planting the seed and pulling you to be down here. It kind of leads perfectly into my second question, which is always, why did you move to New York? And I think that's kind of the answer is that you saw it at a young age, you saw like the majesty of it. And you were like, I have to be there one day. Correct me if I'm wrong. I mean, it was an inevitability as far as I was concerned. <laughs> it was you get through high school, you go to college. And if you don't call go to college in New York, you, you come here afterwards. Was there anything that really stuck to you that was like, I have to live in New York City. This is this is the only place for me. It's very strange when I explain it out loud. I'm ready for this. I didn't keep your expectations in check. It's not great. But just walking down the avenues in Manhattan, especially for walking on the Upper East Side, and just when you would look up and you just see an apartment, a warmly lit apartment, 10 stories up. And I was just fascinated by that of, you know, living in the air, being above in all of this thing while also being engulfed in the mess and the noise of, of it all. It just was, I mean, how can you not be romantic about New York? It, it just, I love that so much. It's like, it's such a very specific and heartfelt true answer. It's a great description of you being here and seeing that and it meaning something to you and, and that being what brought you here. I love that so much. I'm, I'm glad because <laughs> it's, it's, because most people think I've been saying, but... no, that is not basic whatsoever. No, you saw, you saw, you saw a window and that's what did. Oh, well, yeah, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, I ask people things like this all the time and it's usually, you know, nightlife or who knows like no answer is wrong yeah. i think that is a very like poetic answer and i think it's beautiful and you don't need to have any better answer than that so considering that you've always lived nearby you always loved it here you run this incredible instagram reminding all of us new yorkers day in and day out about the history we are constantly walking through i need to ask you my most important question of the show and that is tommy what is the most fun you've ever had in new york so in college a uh, good friend of mine who who went to high school with me in my hometown, but was a, was born and raised in, in Astoria in the 90s. He was really into boxing. I couldn't care less about boxing, but he ended up working out in this boxing gym in the Bronx by school and ended up meeting a semi-professional boxer named Bruno. Great name. And one night he's like, hey, Bruno is going to be in this semi-pro amateur boxing event. Do you want to go? I'm like, okay, sure. Where is it? And he's like, it's in Hunts Point Market in the Bronx, like on a Tuesday night. I'm like the the wholesale place where all the vegetables go. And he's like, yeah, that. <laughs> I'm like, well, I got to see this. And <laughs> wait, how old are you in this seventy? Nineteen, maybe twenty. Oh my gosh, baby. Okay, okay. <laughs> so, so he's like, yeah. So his dad comes out. He's in a boxer. One of our other friends comes. And we just take a ride down to literally a giant wholesale market where there's a boxing ring. That has been set up in the middle of a parking lot with bleachers. Okay, so it's in the parking lot. I'm like wondering, okay, what? No, it's next to the fish. But, you know, <laughs> it literally was in the middle of these industrial buildings. They had these riser bleachers on like the four sides of them. So three of the sides were just people, I guess, who knew the boxers or general public. And then one side was the Teamsters Union who worked at the market. <laughs> and they just made all of the noise. It was phenomenal. Every time, you know, they come out with the ring, the ring girl will come out with the new uh, whatever round it was. Right. And then they would just be losing their mind. I ended up sitting next to apparently a Puerto Rican Hall of Fame boxer. <laughs> I, I'm 
so literally a fish out of water in this situation. Bruno gets the crap knocked out of him. He doesn't get knocked out, but he does not do well. But it it was one of those situations where you're sitting in it and you're almost observing yourself in the situation. And you're like, what am I doing here? But also yeah. this is incredible. And when am I ever going to do this again? And how did I go from being this kid staring up at a window exactly to, to a decade later winding up at an illegal, possibly boxing match? Yeah, something like that. <laughs> in a parking lot. In a parking lot in the South Bronx. <laughs> so Bruno loses. Are your people who took you, are they upset? Are there any like betting going on on the sides or everyone's just having a good time and that's that? I mean, I am a very oblivious person when it comes to stuff like this. So I, there could have been betting. I have no idea, but they, uh, they didn't, they didn't take it too hard because there was like five other much more professional boxers coming up after that. So the, for the entertainment value for I don't even know if we paid for it, but if we did, it wasn't that much. The The value for your entertainment dollar went a very long way for that. <laughs> I'm also wondering if there's any sort of like concessions or like people going around with beers at an event like this, or is it just... I think it might be a, a bring from home type situation. Because <laughs> ah. I, 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 don't, I don't necessarily recall, uh, you know, being able to just go up and buy a pretzel somewhere over there. <laughs> but everybody was having a good old time. I wonder if the people you were with snuck in any beers. Probably. Probably. <laughs> Again, I was so I was just so enthralled by the fact that I was at this place that all I cared about was just watching this thing and, and learning that Yabe is Spanish for jab, which is what everybody was saying is just punch him. <laughs> yeah, you went to the outdoor boxing match after you see Bruno lose, unfortunately. And after that, did you just head back to your dorm and think this is my life? <laughs> yeah, there was a little bit of that. We 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 had went back to Fordham and Fordham is a, uh, as I understand it, a drinking school with a Jesuit problem. And uh, there are plenty of bars that you can just go <laughs> afterwards, just show just show your ID that you're above 18 and that you go to the school boom you're in we ventured to one of those afterwards it's a very distinct New York City experience I don't think a lot of people would even think of I have to say this is our first boxing story there we go and to be like a young kid who got invited to something like this and have no idea how the location wound up like that yep. but I think it is just another telling of you never have it any idea what New York City is going to give you or throw at you. Yeah, it's generally generally a good idea to say yes to things. <laughs> I think that is the biggest takeaway every time I have the show or I hear a story. If you just say yes, you can have fun. <laughs> <laughs> it's the truth. It's very much the truth. I think that's what every time I do the show, I say to everyone, just say yes. You never know. You know, you can whine about a boxing match. You can whine about a bar you've never been to. You can meet the love of your life. Anything can happen. And that's where these stories all come from. So thank you for sharing your Yours, and I'm glad you had a good time while you did that. And I'm glad your friend who grew up here invited you. Absolutely. That being said, for the audience, they had fun is not responsible for any instances that occur if you do say <laughs> yes to something and it goes horribly wrong. So use your best judgment. It's like the perfect underwriting that I've never thought of before. So thank you so much for that. And thank you for sharing your wonderful story with us. And now I have to close out by asking you the last question of the show, which is what is your favorite thing about New York? This is going to be something similar to the first one of it's just a very I don't think many people have this take specifically. I very much appreciate the fact that this is a place by and large 
that I can just walk to where I want to go. And as somebody who literally for fun will go out voluntarily and just take pictures of buildings all over the city, the fact that you can just go from one neighborhood to the other, I don't have to hop in a car. I can watch the city unfold organically as I'm going through. Whenever I'm coming back from either my office or if if I'm out taking pictures or doing a video in Manhattan, I'm coming back to Brooklyn. I'm going through some of the most beautiful neighborhoods in the city and potentially even the country. And the fact that I can just sort of soak that in on a human level and not, you know, have to necessarily sit in traffic or I just have all these options of different ways to get around and I can just experience the city as it comes at me. It's unfortunate, but there's only a handful of places that you can actually still do that over here. And I will not take that for granted. That is my favorite thing is right now I I would go out for a walk and just meander, not knowing where I'm going and just end up somewhere. And I love that. I got to say, I love that, too. It's one of my favorite things about New York City, and I think it is such a wonderful answer. I love that we can walk here. I love that the city is accessible for everyone to get around, and you can just get lost and see what you see. And I think it's a perfect answer, and I actually think it is one of the greatest things about New York City. So I happen to agree with you on that. Beautiful. Well, thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you for constantly giving all of us this background on this wonderful town that we live in. I really appreciate you being on and for giving us such a great story about New York City. Absolutely. Appreciate you having me. Of course. But most of all, thanks, New York. They had fun. 